Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day, your host. He is Dr. Jeffrey Portman, the director of Church Multiplication Network. Pastor Jeffrey, how are you today? Now, I'm doing fantastic, Daniel. Thank you so much. How about you, bro? Doing very well. Thanks for asking. Uh, As we get started, uh, as always, we like to open up things around here with a word of prayer. Would you please open us up with prayer today? Glad to. God, thank you for the grace, the love. And you, we just pause and say your goodness, your kindness, your presence and power have transformed us. We pray you continue the work you've started in us. And we pray a blessing over our time together. God, thank you for Daniel and this tool that uh, he creates. We pray this would be uh, meaningful for people, but also most of all, Jesus, it would lift up your name and we pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Today's topic is what it takes to plant healthy churches with healthy leaders, healthy churches with healthy leaders. And um, Dr. Portman, um, you are uniquely qualified. I'm sorry? Jeffrey's just fine, by the way. Jeffrey's just fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to call you Pastor Jeffrey or Dr. Portman or, or something. I'm just, you're, you're, my, you're my elder and I honor you. And, and uh, so Pastor Jeffrey, you are uniquely qualified. <laughs> In uh, position to speak into this topic today. But before we get too deeply into the topic, you are fresh off the heels of a very successful Church Multiplication Network conference. And I really would love to get the bullet point version of some real testimonies or takeaways. I mean, it was right. your first uh, CMN conference leading it. So tell us about it, man. Well, first of all, there, there are so many things that we could highlight in people and just God moments. We just thank God, first of all. I mean, I think it's critical. We fasted, we prayed, we planned all of the preparation, but without God's touch and without his covering and grace over it, it's just a bunch of people getting together. And <laughs> and so we just thank God for his presence. And, and, you know, the theme for the conference, Daniel, was boost. And it's just this whole overarching idea. In order to get a boost, you have to give a boost. But you also, when you have got a boost, you got to give a boost. And there's um, story after story of uh, moments, whether it was in a, a breakout or in a, a main gathering, if it was in a, the hallway or at the coffee shop, where God gave people a boost. You know, we've, we've been in such a unique season as uh, the capital C church around the world, with working through the pandemic in the United States, uh, some of the political dynamics and, and working through and continuing to work through some of the racial, um, not just tensions, but realities that we're trying to figure out how do we use wisdom and be the church and love well. And, and then with that, I think the fourth thing of that is the uncertainty that comes with all of those things, political, pandemic, racial, and then uncertainty. And we just felt like God graced and blessed moments with people. Um, they're reminded of their calling. They're reminded of the mission of God. We joined Jesus on his mission to seek and save the lost. So every church that we plant, every church that's multiplied, is reinforcements to the existing church and to the mission of God. So uh, a couple like simple examples would be, uh, I've had four people who I'm made aware of that they came to conference, not just discouraged, but done. Like unless God met them in that moment, um, they were going to put a period, turn the, the page and write a new chapter that wouldn't include ministry. Wow. And I'm so grateful that, that uh, our team created an environment and God graced us to be able to give people a boost in their spirit. 
Um, engagement was super high. I mean, we were just barely under our attendance from last year, just under 1,500. There's a hunger, I think, for people to gather. And, but not everyone could. We know that. So we, we had an online experience and an um, enhanced online experience that was brand new. And we just, we love the mission of God. I think out of this, what happens, though, is people who are, and it's our topic today, healthy things multiply. We don't want to multiply dis-ease or unhealth, right? And so when a, when a leader's healthy, when a church is healthy, they're poised to take the next step. And I think this conference really helped us, um, church planting across the nation, to be poised for the next wave. Yeah. You know, there are always some big moments, platform moments, if you will, a speaker says something, an altar call, something like that. And without fail, though, when you go to a conference like this, there's always a behind the scenes miracle or two uh, Mm -hmm. moments with your team, if you will, uh, that no one else gets to see. I'm wondering if you have one of those you'd like to share quickly. Well, I'll give you an example. One of the, the, again, the theme being boost, we said, okay, you got a boost. Who are you giving a boost to? And small keys open big doors. So maybe what you might think is a small thing could be a big deal to somebody else. So uh, we've had, because of the, the weather leading up to conference, even the freezing conditions across the nation, a lot of pipes broken, ceilings ruined. And um, I mean, that's just the practice of if you have a space, you have to steward it, right? But sometimes um, the resources to do the repairs aren't there. And so God really put it on Pastor Bianca. Oltoff's heart to speak to that in one of the sessions. And so I know of three specific examples where someone in the gathering felt God tell them to give someone a boost who had scenario where their roof had leaked and they weren't able to gather. And so, I mean, $40,000, $30,000, and it's not always big ticket items. It's the spirit of helping other people. Um, but I just love, there was another moment where in a gathering, one of the speakers was talking about the importance of um, sometimes we get ahead of God. Herbert Cooper speak about that, spoke rather about that. And one of our, our um, CMN friends, uh, Trustin Baba, was in the gathering with his team, Living Church in, in Texas there. And he, they were about to launch a brand new campaign. They'd raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they felt it pressed in that moment not to get ahead of God. They hear the, the need of a church in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, Wayne and Christy Northup. And so they confab with their team and gave them a check for $40,000 to help with their facility need. And there's just little things along the way. They're not all big ticket items, um, but that's a practical example. I, I, I have more and more and more, but I, only, I know our podcast is only so long. So. Well, listen, I, I, I love going into these topics with these real life stories It just really puts flesh around the skeleton of what we're talking about today. And uh, so let's dive in. Uh, The stated goal of Church Multiplication Network is to plant a healthy church in every community. What an amazing goal. And it can only happen with God. Would you like to just talk about that goal for a moment? Well, yeah. I mean, where did did, um, Jesus come to? The whole earth, right? I mean, obviously, born in Bethlehem. on the cross in uh, Jerusalem, rose from the dead, but it was to seek and save the lost. That's not a people group, a socioeconomic group, an ethnicity, it's humanity. So the, the call of God is for the church to infuse every community 
rural, urban, suburban, and everything in between with the good news of Christ. So that's why that's our mission. Right now we have 13,000 churches in the Assemblies of God across the United States. Our, our stated vision is to see 15,000 to go to 15,000. And you might think, oh, that's easy. You just have to plant 2,000 churches. It, it's not that simple. It's, it's the attrition. It's the closure. So, but our vision has to be in alignment with Jesus's mission, and that's to seek and save the lost. The other aspect of the vision, a healthy church in every community that's marked by spiritual and numerical growth. Healthy things grow. Healthy things multiply. And so it's more than just a bunch of people in a building, whatever the context, city, county, you know, connection, but spiritual formation that, that you and I and the people we disciple are becoming more and more um, like Jesus. We're made in the image of God. Uh, we're not small G gods. We're children of God, though. And so we take on the characteristics and the likeness and the community around us that doesn't know Christ. I say this regularly, they will see the gospel before they hear it through many of our lives. And that's, that's the why behind the what of our vision. So good. And to have a healthy church, we've got to have healthy leadership. That's right. So let's talk about that for a moment. As you've been raising up leaders, training them, resourcing them through your CMN launch events and so many other things, um, what does it take to have health? in the leader. Yeah. Man, we could do the whole series on this bad boy, but I'll just give you a couple of the overarching that their life is marked by dependence on Christ. Yes. Empowerment by the spirit and a hunger to, to grow in their faith. You know, Jesus in the sermon on the Mount says the pure in heart will see God. Mm -hmm. And there's some, there's some things that only God can do. There's a part we play though, as um, men and women of faith slash leaders, and that's to position ourselves inwardly and outwardly to connect and commune with God. And you know, the idea that we can't give something we don't have. So really a, a healthy church is planted out of the overflow of a healthy leader in the pursuit of relationship with Jesus. And I think the best way that happens is both um, individually, but also corporately. So there's something God does individually in me, but it's never to be kept or left there. It's to engage and to serve our community. Um, as well. And that's where the, the body of Christ is such a beautiful um, gift to an unbelieving world. They get to see grace and kindness and redemption and forgiveness and joy. I mean, the, one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? We're marked by joy. Who wants to follow Jesus if the, every Christian they see is like Eeyore and, and there's a cloud? So I just, that healthy leader doesn't mean that they're uh, clearly perfect only Jesus was, but that we're intentionally in process, right. but in our faith and our, in our gifts, honing and stewarding um, the opportunity and the assignment God gives us. So earlier you mentioned there were a handful of leaders who came to the conference ready to be done. Mm -hmm. And I'm not asking you to share those unique sure. individual stories, but that just brings it kind of fresh to the forefront that some people are really close on the precipice. They might look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're really suffering. Right. What, what might be two or three things off the top of your head that might lead to a person uh, feeling that way? Wow. There's, I think there's several things. I'll just list a couple. One of them is self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, sometimes you go, well, there's some outside happen. No, usually it's something inside that happens, right? Like no one shows up at work and decides they're going to embezzle money. It's these incremental decisions. No one finds themselves in the arms of someone else's spouse uh, in one moment. There's this in incremental, it's the cumulative effects of a life lived out of balance or conversely, and this is the beautiful part of the gospel, lived in alignment with God, right? So the old me is not <laughs> no longer what marks me most. It's the new me. I'm made new and alive in Christ. And so, you know, I think self-sabotage is, is a real thing. I think fatigue, um, you know, this whole concept of margin is so critical in the, in the life of a healthy leader. And that's why Jesus uh, modeled this. That's why we have Old Testament to, through New Testament, the value of communing with God. And, you know, we call it Sabbath. Um, it's intentionally unplugging to plug into him. Jesus says, John 15, right? Vine and branches. I'm not, I'm not the one who's the source. So if I don't stay tethered to the source. So self-sabotage, I think we can isolate ourselves at times. Um, and man, what's interesting though, is like when I'm dealing with something, my natural propensity is not to lean into correction, accountability, or authenticity. It's to want right. to drift from it. Right. And I think the writer of Hebrews chapter two, verse one says, we must pay more careful attention therefore to what we've heard. So we don't drift away. Yeah. And so I, I think those are a couple of, uh, maybe the internal things that become external mm -hmm. because the internal wasn't dealt with. And I have to just, you know, I'm just imagining myself in the shoes of those individuals who showed up to conference ready to put a period at the end of the thing and just say, I'm done. And I think part of the beauty of events like the conference, which I want to highly encourage everyone to go to if they're able, I think maybe one of the things that help those people to continue is at those types of events, they're reconnected to that healthy community, wouldn't you say? Yes. You know, there are so many moments that weren't in a gathering yeah. that were kingdom moments. And it's people hanging out in the hallway. It, it's the family reunion that we say, in, you know, as part of CMN, that the family of the Assemblies of God, that it's easy to get in, but we want to make it hard to get out. And what we mean by that is not that we're lowering the bar. What we're saying is there's something about when you lean into um, relationship with Jesus and the call to ministry. We want to have a wraparound relationship with people, but that requires people to engage. And actually, when I say show up, I don't mean let be at conference always, but there's got to be this attitude of I'm leaning in rather than leaning out. And when you lean in that community that you reference, that family, that sisterhood and that brotherhood, man, the benefits of it, sometimes I don't think we realize the benefit of it until you need it. It's like a shield. A shield doesn't protect you unless you stay behind it. And I think that's one of the values of being undercovering in relationship and part of the community of CMN and the Assemblies of God. Yeah, I, I've just experienced it. I know it as a church planter myself when we planted that if we were ever in isolation, those were the moments when we were in our weakest, um, the least healthiest. Um, right. and, and for whatever reason, it seems like pastors aren't great at making friends. Um, and we're really good at isolating ourselves. And I want you to just take 30 seconds and give us, okay. a, boost. Give us a boost and okay. tell us how important it is that we are in community one with another. Well, let me, let me just create a scenario. You're watching National Geographic Channel, and there's someone filming a, a pride of lions, 
and then you see this herd of gazelles and what gazelle is picked off. It's not the gazelle that stays in the pack. It's the gazelle that wanders off for whatever reason they get confused or lost or they're not paying attention or whoever, right? I can't think of the mind of the, but the metaphors is incredibly pertinent to ministry, um, to healthy relationship. God says, don't forsake meeting together. Yeah. Now there's a reason for that. The reason God put us in families. I mean, families are one of the reoccurring themes throughout the entirety of scripture. Jesus, you know, John one, he came to, to that, which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Verse 10 and 11. Yet to those who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right, them the right to become children of God. That's this metaphor of you're in the family. And I just think, um, we have to choose to get past some of our insecurity or immaturity, and all of us wrestle with that. And I would just say this as a closing thought, that um, there's a risk that's inherent in relationship, but the risk is what's required to experience the reward of the relationship. You can't eliminate the risk. You reduce it the further you lean in because you start to have community and relationship. So I, I just think we forget about the power of a phone call um, and I mean, I would say that even more than a text, I know text I mean, is one of the languages of our culture, but there's something about hearing someone's voice, the beauty of if you can FaceTime or like us zoom in this moment, there's a connectedness that I think contributes to the health of the pastor, which then contributes to the health of multiplication in the church that they serve or lead. So good. I want to shift gears and ask you a question, uh, kind of zooming out and a, a broader cultural question of church planting. Um, what do you think might be some unique challenges that mm -hmm. are awaiting future church planters? And the flip side of the same question is, how might CMN resource us to overcome those challenges? Well, one of the inherent challenges in every generation is the credibility of the church and the culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was a time and I'm not, I'm not a, um, glasses half empty guy in the slightest. I'm an optimist. The, the, you know, prognication of the demise of the church is grossly overstated. The church is alive and well and thriving. Jesus said, I'll build my church. So we're stewards of his church. Right. Uh, I even am bothered sometimes. I'm like, well, someone pastor says my church. Well, I get the ownership of it, but really it's, it's Christ's church. Right. So one of the challenges is we live in a culture now where being in ministry or a pastor uh, isn't necessarily uh, esteemed. I say that in like the most appropriate way. We're not expecting someone to revere or put someone on a pedestal. But in many respects, Christianity is devalued in our culture. And yet we know Jesus isn't our last hope. He's our only hope. So I think the, the challenge um, we face is bringing credibility to a culture that is not sure about Christianity. Now the flip side is the answer, and this is where CMN comes in, we, we wanna develop healthy leaders who are living life on purpose for a purpose, and that's bringing the gospel to their community. And there's gonna be lots of ways that is expressed and a lot of um, platforms and, and ways, um, delivery methods. But the best thing I think we can do, Daniel, is live our lives in a way that we display the grace of God every day in us. We display the fruit of the spirit. Um, we're sensitive to, um, to just care. And, you know, I think kindness uh, is, is a lost art. Um, but, you know, that's the question we ask sometimes with our team over the years is how do people feel 
after they interact with you. And what they are is they're getting a glimpse of Jesus. Now, they may not think in that moment, hey, that's Jesus. But we know it's Christ in us that's displaying um, the redemptive power of the gospel. So it's a, it's a challenge of credibility, but I think we can, we can not only diffuse, but we can win in that area. When the church starts to serve and love the community, it's not come to us, but we're going to go to you, right? Um, it's, it's what we would call in, in New Hope vernacular, it's arrows out versus arrows in. And it's a beautiful thing when a, a non-Christian or someone who's an investigating Christianity sees the gospel lived out. And then we tether them to the word of God. It's the gospel still works. Amen. Lives are still being transformed. Amen. People are still recognizing their need for Christ. And because Jesus, as I said, isn't our last hope. He's our only hope. Yeah. Um, so let's dive a little deeper into this idea of credibility. Um, let's just take those top three general terms of locations. You, you have your rural suburban and urban obviously within those three umbrellas you might have some sublets uh within the urban context you might have like uh inner city mission soup kitchen urban but then you have your trendy urban and yeah. everywhere in between there's just totally different types of urban and so different types of rural as well different types of suburban but let's just take those three okay. um i think a mistake some church planters make especially young church planters is they forget to to use a term uh theological term they forget to exegete their context yeah. they might bring an urban method to a rural area or a suburban effort uh, a suburban method to an urban area and they see their favorite preachers or their their favorite churches and they try to take that method um, so that, that hinders our credibility, doesn't it? Sure it does. So one of, one of my mentors, Dr. Ken Engel, the president of Southeastern University, who has believed in me maybe before I believed in myself, he's one of those kind of voices in my life. He talks about auditing the context and it's exactly what you just said. It's, it's assessing the scenario, the setting, the, the, the highest, um, felt need. Now we know Jesus always addresses our most important need, not our most obvious need. But when you address an obvious need in a community, you have the freedom then to address the most important need. And so um, I, I think the value of watching and learning from other people and social media is a great tool for that. Um, I think misapplied, we can assume that I cut and paste. That's why this whole vernacular that's not new to me or you, obviously, but we can uh, adapt rather than adopt is so wise. We should listen and learn from other people. We should watch and observe. We should try. We, sh we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And yet we've got to figure out how does the community that God called us to, the city or the, the apartment complex or the one yellow blinking light um, town, how does the gospel, how is the gospel best presented um, in that context? And I think we've got to probably mute those voices that say this is um, what success looks like and maybe redefine success to be obedience. And, uh, you know, I love how Eugene P Peterson puts it. It's a, a slow obedience in the same direction or a long obedience in the same direction. Right. And I would say it does feel slow sometimes, especially in a, in a um, honestly, the rural and the urban context, 
it probably, which is interesting because they're such diverse, um, they're so distinct and different. And yet one of the most overriding elements I hear from rural planters and, and, and practitioners and urban um, in their various expressions is that it takes time to earn credibility. It's earning the right to be heard. And um, so you've got to audit the context. You've got to assess. And we talk about at, at CMN here, the AAA approach. We're going to assess. We're going to then assemble. And then we're going to activate. And sometimes what we do is we assess and activate, but we didn't assemble the right people. Or we just go right to assemble people and activate, but we never assess. And I think all of those are critical stages in um, planting or multiplying a healthy church. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when my wife and I were in our 20s and we planted our church up north, we had the name of our church, the core values, the statements, the slogans, the banners, the artwork, everything. We brought all that into a context and yeah. we said, hey, come to us. We made all the wrong choices. God helped it. God made it work. It shouldn't have worked, but it worked. Yeah. Um, but about six months into it, I realized that all my artwork, the name of the church, the logo, the slogans, the core values made no sense to the people yeah. I was trying to reach. Yeah. And the reason they started showing up to church had nothing to do with any of that. And I really wish I could have started over and just kind of let the context reveal to me what those core values would have been. Right. And so I'm just stating from my own mistakes, I hope young leaders will let the context reveal uh, what they need to be doing, even inform the name, inform the core values, inform the slogans, anything that you're going to put on a banner, just let the context inform those things. Would you weigh in on that for a second? And I want, yeah, I want to add something in addition to the signage, vernacular, right, your lingo, whatever your, um, your stated values are. But I would also say it's so critical for every man and woman who's in ministry and leading and planting and multiplying to find their own voice. Yes. Try to replicate someone else's. Um, early on in ministry, um, there was uh, uh, an evangelist that did quite a bit of stuff at camps that I would be a part of and lead. And, and um, he spoke different than me. He looked different than me. And I was, uh, I would say in my immaturity and insecurity, I was like, okay, how do I replicate that? But the reality is it wasn't until I became comfortable in my own skin and found my own voice. Yes. Now I want to listen and I want mentors and I want to, I want to study the best communicators and men and women of God, but I, I'm always going to be a cheap imitation of them, yes. but I'll be the best expression of me. So and so good. finding your own voice, you know, what's interesting in some communities, your, your greatest uh, access to the heart of people could be something you haven't even thought would, would work. But God gives you an inroad in a school, in a community center, at a homeless shelter, in the, on a Lions Club or Rotary Board, or just in something that might come up that you just, we can serve this need. Um, and so I think we got to be careful not to try to cut and paste. Yeah. And I, I, I would echo, Daniel, what you said. There's things where I go, ah, I should have. I mean, I led church planting before we did this. What am, why am I making these mistakes? Right. But it's part of just continuing to learn. And I think in, in ministry and life, we've got to be intentional to make course corrections. You know, once the plane takes off, you can't go back and relaunch, right? Um, but you can make necessary adjustments and course corrections. In the world of athletics, the difference between a great team and a good team is the adjustments that are made at halftime. 
And I think we've got to be intentional to, to do that in, in our ministry approach. So that leads us right into our concluding thoughts really well, some practical nuts and bolts resources mm-hmm. uh, to, to assist churches you know, and, and leaders. Uh, when you said the adjustments at halftime, it made me think, you know, not only are you empowering people at the launch, but now you've actually got some, some tools at the two-year, the three-year mark to kind of the halftime, if you will, the adjustments, the, the reboosting of things. So talk to us about some of the resources that CMN has for those leaders wanting to launch a church. And I am so grateful. And I just say this publicly and privately. Um, I, I inherited a really healthy team and I inherited a healthy system. And so my job is to steward that, right? But the framework of I want to plan a church.com. So if there's a someone um, engaged in this and they're saying, hey, what do I do? What's my first step? I want to plan a church.com is your first best next step. First next best step. Either however you say it, right? That works. You should do that, right? And yep. so uh, it be what it does is it takes you on a bit of a journey. And then we have steps to plant. We have steps to multiply. All of that is under the the umbrella also of churchmultiplication.net. Okay. And so we have CMN lead. There's literally hundreds of resources, um, videos, articles, best practices from practitioners, men and women, and all of these urban, rural, suburban, and everything in between. Right. So the idea of, I don't, I don't have any tools. Actually, the question is not, are there tools available? It's what tool do I need for the job? And that's why, I mean, you can Google anything and find something on leadership or ministry or a sermon series or whatever. But I love that in, in the CMN family, there's a shared mission and there's a bit of a, even if the context is different, the objective is the same. Yeah. And, and so those are some great tools, churchmultiplication.net. In the early days, I want to plan a church.com. You know, we have regional roundtables and literally we know this, we're saying, our goal is to try to come to you. There's eight of them across the country, um, and they're regionally um, based. Um, the other thing is there's reps in every um, state, and it's, it's men and women who are practitioners who can just honestly process with you, and they'll help you think through some of the questions you might have. Um, and then honestly, the, the last thing is this. I say honest, not because anything else wasn't, but we just care at our office. Yeah. And we realize we're unable to engage or serve well everyone just from our office. That's why we have a lead team, a field team, our reps. And we want to get a cascade effect to best serve people who have already planted, are considering it, are going to, or are going to multiply. So good. So good. And what are those halftime adjustment, new resources that have kind of, and talk to us a little bit about matching funds. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about matching funds. You, you make dollars go further. It, it, it gives you credibility. When I'm sitting down with a, someone considering investing in our church plant or we're launching another campus, when I say to this man or woman, hey, listen, for every dollar you give that's matched by CMN up to $50,000, there is a sense of, um, obviously, fruit for your, for your investment, right? Um, there's also a credibility because there's a covering that we're a part of. So matching funds. We also have post-launch funds that are available up to $20,000. And those have been incredible tools in many of our churches. Now, there's, there's qualifications and stipulations because every dollar that's paid back, which is really paid forward, 
goes back into multiplying churches, right? It's not in operations. It's literally every dollar is designated to continue to, to plant new churches. So um, that's the matching fund. Mike, Dr. Mike McCreary leads that in our office. And he's, him and Christian um, are fantastic at resourcing um, pastors and their teams um, to engage that tool. So good. If you want to be a healthy leader that's planting a healthy church, Church Multiplication Network is the place to be. And I want you to take the next 30 seconds, give us our final boost, and then I'm going to have you pray. Okay. Well, let me just uh, address every person in every room on every screen to, to say this. God's hands on you. Mm-hmm. And your voice is needed. And I want to both caution and remind you, you're not supposed to be anybody else, but you're supposed to be a growing you. I also want you to hear this, that we see um, God's hand on you. You say, I don't know you. I haven't met you. I know, but when you pray for someone and we're praying for the next wave, we're praying for multipliers, we're praying for pastors, men and women who God's grace to help serve and lead the church. It's our privilege to walk with you. So just know this, there's people in your corner um, cheering loudly and I'm one of those. Amen. And I just love to pray a blessing um, over you. So God, we pray Thank you, um, over every uh, individual, every participant in every classroom and, and every cohort, Lord, that would engage with this. God, we pray that the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead that is at work within us would continue to, to do in us what only you can do. God, we'll be stewards of our gifts, of our assignment, of our season. But God, we ask for your grace and your covering to mark our lives. Lord, we pray that churches would be birthed some of the greatest churches in the world that haven't even been started yet would come out of the lives of those in these classrooms. And we pray your blessing. And Jesus, we say this, to you be the glory. Amen. Amen and amen. Friends, we have been with Dr. Jeffrey Portman, Director for the Church Multiplication Network USA. Brother, it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Likewise, appreciate you and the voice and leadership you bring. Thank you. God bless you.